Hi, welcome everybody. This is Sarah of Spa and Wellness Mexi Caribe, and uh, we're here today with a webinar uh, titled Preparing for the Surge, the Inevitable Rise of Spas and Wellness Communities with Ingo Schroeder of, uh, for uh, UCI Spa Management Course, uh, the UCI Division of Continuing Education. We also have Kezia here. Um, to tell us a little bit more about the UCI Spa Management Program. Thanks for joining us and welcome to our webinar. Kezia, over to you. Thank you, Sarah, for the introduction. Hello, everyone. My name is Kezia Baton. I am from UCI Division of Continuing Education Spa and Wellness Program, and I'm going to present you a little bit about our program here. Our program provides comprehensive training for individuals who are both new to the field, but if you're already a part of the spa and wellness industries, you are welcome to enroll as well. This program is developed and taught by industry experts, and the program will help you become proficient in all aspects of operations, including marketing and branding, finance, human resources, and more. Our offerings are unique because unlike a general business administration or management program, the courses are specifically tailored to spa and wellness management. As a student, you will acquire the knowledge and skills needed to manage day-to-day -day operations and positioning for future growth. Our program is designed for a number of audiences as shown on, on this slide. It can include spa and wellness employees, directors, and owners. If you are an individual with years of more technical, hands-on experience such as such therapist or assistant, our program will help you acquire the skills you need for more managerial roles. The program is also beneficial to those who are brand new to the industry due to a career change. A major benefit of the online format is that you'll be able to network and interact with individuals from all over the country and world who share a common passion for the spa and wellness industry. Now we're going to go over the certificate requirements. The program is composed of four required courses and the total is 12 units. All of our courses have been approved by the Paul Mirage School of Business here at the University of California, Irvine. To be eligible for the certificate, students must complete all four classes with a grade of C or better, as well as a completed declaration of candidacy and request for certificate form. Since there's a small candidacy fee, I usually advise students to a couple classes in our program before they apply, just to make sure they want to complete the entire certificate program. We have Introduction to Spa and Wellness Industry and Operations, Human Resources Management in Spa and Wellness, Spa and Wellness Financial Management, and lastly, Marketing and Branding for Spa and Wellness Businesses. The unit value of each course dictates how long each course will last. Since each course is three units, that means each course will run for 10 weeks online. If you are brand new to the industry, we recommend you starting with the introduction course during your first quarter. Since there's only four courses, most students can earn their certificate in as little as six months. When viewing the course schedule, you'll notice that not all classes are offered every quarter, so please plan accordingly. Our coming quarter is winter quarter. In this upcoming quarter, we will be offering the following two courses, Introduction to Spa and Wellness Industry and Operations and Spa and Wellness Financial Management. You can see here that each course is listed with its start and end date, as well as the online course fee of $615. 
The course schedule and enrollment information will all be will also be posted on our website. Enrollment is currently open right now, so you can enroll either online or by calling our student service office at the number provided here. For this upcoming winter quarter, we have a special offer. Um, you can receive a 10% discount on online car course in the Spine Wellness Manager Certificate Program by using the discount code here. And this offer expires on January 11, 2021. The entire cost of the program. So each course in our program costs $615. So you're looking at a total of $2460 in course fees for the four online classes. Please note, you do not pay the entire total upfront. So you pay for each course individually at time of enrollment. There is also a $125 candidacy fee for the program. So in the end, you are looking at $2,585 for the entire certificate program. Please also note that this amount does not include textbooks, which some courses may require. Textbook information is posted on the enrollment page, so you'll know if the course materials are required before you enroll in the class. And lastly, this is a screenshot of our spa certificate program brochure. If you don't have this, you can download it off of our website. And similar to our website, the brochure contains general information about certificate program and course descriptions. When viewing the course schedule right here, you will notice that not all classes are offered every quarter, so please plan accordingly. And that concludes my presentation. Thank you, everyone. And good morning and good evening, everybody from Thailand, uh, and uh, wishes to you over all in Mexico. Thank you for joining us today here. We want to talk today a little bit about um, the changes which we anticipate or already can see, uh, given the present um, difficult circumstances uh, around the world. Uh, a little bit briefly about our company. Um, we are representing two companies. Uh, one is Hoa Health and Wellness, which is a company which does a lot of finance, feasibility, and business planning. Uh, we have 56 offices around the world, uh, and the headquarter for the health and wellness portion is here in Thailand. And then there's Coco Hospitality, which designs and develops hotels. Uh, we are based in Thailand, but we have offices in Berlin, uh, Shanghai, and LA, uh, and we employ approximately 650 uh, people uh, around the globe. Um, a few pictures of our projects so you can relate to uh, the scope and the scale uh, of our organization. Uh, we own the Glen Ivy Hot Springs in California. We bought it in 2016. We welcome every year over 220,000 people there. We are developing right now with the Sovereign Fund of Norway. And that's a very interesting proposition that the Sovereign Fund puts money behind a wellness proposition. Here, this wellness uh, development at the Aquatic Circle um, in uh, Norway and for the Kazakh Sovereign Fund, this is the ninth biggest country in the world. Um, we are developing a, a sanatorium from uh, former Russian days into a modern wellness enclave. Uh, we are also the owner uh, of Ananda in the Himalayas or the co-owners of Ananda in the, in the Himalayas uh, in India, which was the first destination spa in the Himalayas and was just again voted by Kunde Nast, uh, the world's best. Um, and we are developing here in um, Thailand on the island of Samui next to this um, real estate, um, wellness real estate proposition, another 50-room uh, hotel um, for, uh, the, um, for the discerning client in, in this part of the world. Um, we work with a lot of different hotel companies around the world. Uh, we just opened the Four Seasons in Tokyo 
an open letter this month, the Four Seasons uh, here in Bangkok. Uh, we just also did the Capella uh, in, in Tokyo and doing the next one in Sydney. And uh, here we can see various examples of our work. Our company created all the Bulgari spas around the globe. Uh, right now we're doing Moscow and Tokyo. Um, here are uh, some visuals from the Four Seasons projects. Uh, the Intercontinental project on the top left uh, was just opened uh, in April this year. And uh, various Ritz-Carlton's projects around the world are under construction. And this year we opened Melbourne as well as Perth. Now today we want to talk about the tremendous rise of wellness and how it will impact the macroeconomics around the globe. Um, I believe what has happened right now, because of the pandemic, the awareness and the understanding of what we need to do in order to stay healthy and well and to remain healthy and well and what we have to do to prevent certain illnesses coming in has taken on a much bigger dimension. And many more people understand that eating healthy and uh, doing exercises, uh, looking at a more uh, wellness-centric lifestyle has increased dramatically. Now, let us first look um, at the global wellness economy. This is a picture of our Himalayan spa in India. The uh, global wellness economy is around $4.5 trillion. And as you can see, uh, all those different uh, segments within the wellness economy at large are very much interconnected, which is very, very different than if you look at other industries. If you look at the retail industry, they are all competing, but here they're all complementing each other. The 4.5 trillion represents more than 5% of global GDP. With other words, the wellness economy at large generates more than 5% of global output around the globe. If you look at this slide, you can see how wellness has really grown. But the most important part is actually the beginning part, the 2008 to 2010 chapter. We all remember that the world between 2000 and 2010 uh, had a lot of difficulties. You know, um, Fannie Mae, uh, AIG, Lehman Brothers, the world was shivering. But you can see that in those most difficult times, it has actually doubled in revenue. And we are right now again in the pandemic and everybody is uh, very much convinced that this will continue to grow. But wellness in, in, in as a percentage of total spending of the tourism dollar is around 17% at this moment. Now, where are the biggest wellness troubles are taking place? Um, they are taking place right now, and this is the same since the last seven years between North America and Europe. And the amount of money you see depends on the exchange rate of the dollar. So really both Europe and North America have approximately 330 to 350 million people. They spend approximately the same. North America, 204 million trips are made for wellness-related services, and in Europe, it's 292,000, but really, it's 292 million, sorry, but they're really spending um, approximately the same amount of money. What has grown the most is the Asia-Pacific portion. The Asia-Pacific portion just five years ago was 40 billion, and it's now 136 billion. But we also have to remember that this part of the world, homes is the home of approximately four and a half billion people. So it is anticipated, given the global growth of the Asia-Pacific region, that this will be outperforming the rest of the world in approximately three to four years. If we look now where the spending takes place, you can see there's every, in every chapter here, there's big pluses. But key is when tourism has really grown dramatically, the understanding of preventive medicine and personalized medicine has grown dramatically, when this lifestyle and when this real estate is dramatically grown, and then the spa economy 
uh, has um, generated a plus of over 20%. So it's a very good business to be in. You are in the education, you want to learn more because you want to be part of this very much growing industry. Now, in principle, you can divide the travelers between secondary and primary travelers. Let's talk briefly about the primary travelers. The primary travelers are 11% of the global market share. And these are people who go for dedicated one week, two week, three week wellness uh, retreats uh, in Rancho La Puerta, in Golden Door, in Mirabal, in Canyon Range, in your part of the world. And they really do as primary goal, look after the health. The secondary traveler is the, is the market which prepares people for the primary traveler. These are people who stay in hotels like Six Sense, Bunyan Tree, and even who go there for a vacation, but for whom wellness is a very important part of this. So you can see there's two different market segments. Uh, the primary travelers, wellness traveler is uh, growing uh, very fast. Um, and uh, we believe this will be soon reaching approximately 15 to 18% by the year 2025. Now, the needs and demands all over the world are very, very different. If you look at North America, they are much more analytical, much more fitness and much more nature-based. And if you look at China, um, on, on the opposite end, they are very much water, bathing, TCM and authentic medicine Chinese medicine-centric services which are demanded. So whenever you create a new spa project, it is important that you look at where does the customer come from, what do the customer wishes uh, to partake in, and what are the origin in terms of where, where, where do they find their roots in wellness. And you find there's a lot of small nuances there. Now let's look a little bit about the wellness real estate because at the end of the day, no spa project can be successful without making financial sense. Here we can see a picture of the new um, Lanzerhof Hotel. Uh, this is south of Munich. Uh, it was just built at $1.4 million a key or uh, a guest room and is one of the most expensive wellness resorts um, uh, opened over the last uh, five years. A key wellness resort has accommodation, but the accommodation is actually the amenity. The real important parts and the reason why people go there is because of the healthy food and beverage, the uh, wellness center in all its exploratory service standards, the activities and the education. It is very important for people who go to wellness retreat that they learn more about themselves and what to do and what kind of regimes to add in order to remain healthy. The family wellness component is vastly growing um, not so much in North America, but more in the Middle East and in actually the Far East, where it is normal that uh, parents take their kids with on their vacation and they don't want to be separate from them. And I can tell you that there is some uh, very big projects under construction which really have dedicated three, four dedicated wellness centers within a larger wellness resort. Organic farming is huge and it has grown as fast as the technology chapter. And then the meetings with education, education, arts and culture are programs which round it off. So the amenity in a wellness resort is the accommodation. The prime menu, the prime reason for coming is the wellness, education and feeling well and prevention services. Now, if you look at those websites here, we can see, you know, and these are all very well reputed companies, Four Seasons, Hilton, Merritt, Hyatt. Uh, and you can see when you open the website, they're going to ask you, when do you come and when do you go? So they're interested in sending you a room. But if you go to a wellness resort, they're going to ask you, what do you want to learn? 
What is your program? What do you want to achieve? You want to lose weight. You want to detox. Um, you want to create longevity. You want to get fitter. So one is a pure sale of a guest room. The other one in wellness resorts, it's the, uh, it's the, um, it's the, it's the preventive program. It's the, the different service levels. It's the goal you want to, uh, achieve uh, for uh, this one, two or three week uh, vacation you're taking. So it's a very different motivation and therefore the companies are very different. If you look at it at large here, a wellness resort as earlier shared is Miraval, Kenyon Range, Golden Door or Rantula Puerto in Mexico and the wellness themed hotel, this means there is soft wellness. This is Six Senses, Even Hotels and Bunyan Trees. Now if you look at wellness real estate, Wellness real estate and the growth of wellness community is rampant and will grow dramatically. In a wellness community, the wellness real estate is kind of the, the clubhouse. It's the center. This is where you gravitate to. That's the reason why you buy into this. So that you have at your fingertips, your yoga class, your Ayurvedic services, your Chinese doctor, your uh, fitness trainer, your organic food stall, as well as your healthy food restaurant. So the, the, the real estate is activated by the element of, of real estate. And you can see how much has been grown there. And this will, uh, this is anticipated to grow dramatically in the next years uh, to come. Now, where is real estate growing? It is growing dramatically in the United States and in the Asia Pacific region. You can see there's 293 projects right now active in Asia Pacific in 372 uh, active destination wellness communities uh, under construction in North America. So the growth is really in the Far East and in North America. Now, how is wellness real estate lifestyle, uh, real estate lifestyle uh, uh, defined? It is, it is a home which is built on purpose in order for you to have holistic exercise and holistic health services at your fingertips. And the wellness community is a community of like-minded people who are all there in order to have as primary goal to remain healthy, remain wealthy, because you can only be wealthy if you are healthy, and um, to have a common goal of uh, practicing and exercising in a wellness-related um, philosophy. Now, what are the pros and the cons there? For the buyers, it's the asset appreciation. This means the assets with wellness associated and sincere and authentic wellness associated have a substantial uh, uptick on the market. This means you get a premium for this. For a developer, he sells it for more and for the operator, he can charge higher prices. So wellness has a lot of positive impact from an economic level, but of course also for the individual who lives in this wellness community. Now, what is happening post-COVID? Now, we know the first vaccinations are coming out and we all know that there's more vaccinations coming out. So we can see that somewhere, somehow we are perhaps at the 50% mark and we can see forward to, again, a more positive future um, given that uh, certain wellness regimes and certain vaccinations are becoming available around the world. Um, as earlier shared, the psychology uh, for, for clients who are now coming is very different. The anxiety and the mental health issues which have arised due to uh, lockdowns, uh, you know, working from home, uh, not being able to explore, not uh, be able to, to, to travel, not seeing uh, your family, has put a lot of pressure on many people. So the sensitivity 
is very heightened. So we as uh, operator and service providers need to ensure that we are very sensitive towards this and implement the right things in order to make sure that the guests feel comfortable. Therefore, there is a very different new uh, normal hygiene forms. Uh, our company recently created for a wide variety of Marriott <clears throat> hotels and intercontinental hotels here in the Fies and in the Middle East, new hygiene and cleanliness standards. Uh, you will see a tremendous growth of touchless spa experiences and many more technologies uh, will come into this. And then the very simple, very old um, heat, uh, heat and cold or the Wim Hof methods, meaning uh, the, the change of uh, utilizing hot and cold water in order to strengthen the immune system has um, been reborn and uh, came into the consciousness of many more people that is actually not so complicated to um, in, ensure a strengthening um, of your immune system. In design, there's a lot of changes. We can clearly see that right now, the sales of independent villa units, uh, the rental of Airbnbs, where you have your own, um, uh, own, own, own um, little realm uh, has tremendously grown. There is a tremendous change in the amount of services and materials are people using in order to uh, participate in the design processes of those new wellness resorts. Um, um, we want to have facilities which are easy to clean. Uh, so very ornate facilities uh, will uh, right now not be uh, developed because simply uh, how to clean, how to ensure um, that a surface doesn't have any residue, it becomes very, very important. In addition, uh, things like air filtration system, portable water systems, uh, alkaline water, uh, balancing systems are all things which become very, very normal. And we can see in all new projects that those things are really on the forefront of what a developer as well as a designer thinks about while creating new facilities. Another, which I think is very, very good uh, aspect, is that there's many more two, three, and four-star facilities around the world. Um, uh, wellness should not be just a luxury component. Um, it is... Uh, very obvious that uh, the biggest share is the middle class around the world. And we want to make sure that as many people as possible can participate in wellness rated services. And therefore, I'm happy to report that there's more and more um, middle class, two, three, four star facilities being developed around the world and not only for the uh, individuals who have lots of uh, disposable income. I'd like to share with you uh, an example of what we do with the wellness community in Southern California, not very far from you. We are approximately an hour and 15 from San Diego, Tijuana, uh, in the south, uh, very close to um, uh, Los Angeles. Here we can see um, an outline of the property. And when we bought Glen Ivy, uh, we also bought the land uh, in the red circle next to it in order to create this wellness community. Glen Ivy started in 1860. And you can see here um, when uh, the uh, Lincoln, uh, you know, uh, run North America, that's when Glen Ivy was born. Here's the original Glen Ivy Hot Spring Hotel. And at that time, for 25 cents, you can spend the entire day there, get a massage, use a sauna, dip in the water and have a, have a lovely meal. Now, <clears throat> then in the 1940s and in the 1970s, 
Glen Ivy prospered in, in, in the 1980s and 90s. It was overly expanded and now has a wide variety of facilities, which welcomes every day approximately 500 to 1,000 people. Here, this is a big view of uh, the original Glen Ivy Hot Springs. We can see in the middle the original Glen Ivy Hotel. And on the right side, this is actually the oldest bar house in California. It's from 1908. And um, 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 yeah, it's from 1908, full stop. Now, what, con what is contained in a wellness uh, community? It's a wide variety of different assets classes of different accommodations from hotels to individual villas and homes, as well as destination wellness resorts. Here you can see a master plan of our community. And I'd like to briefly share with you, if you look at my cursor, here's the Glen Ivy Hot Springs in the south. And this is uh, the space which approximately welcomes 200,000 people. Here's the Glen Ivy Hotel. Here's the Glen Ivy Real Estate facing the golf course. These are Glen Ivy condominiums. This is the five-star hotel. These are Glen Ivy townhouses. And here is Super Deluxe Homes. So you can see, like in any city, there's different asset classes for different income levels, but they all have one thing in common. They want to live in a green, sustainable environment and participate in food food, organic food, in, in exercise classes in hot springs and related. If you look at this picture, we can see that approximately 60% of our entire site will always remain green and have organic farming at your fingertips. Right now, when you go to Glen Ivy and you rent a house there, you have the permission to go into the organic fields and simply pluck the oranges and the avocados which you want and take them home and eat them. Here's a little bit of a visual there to show you how this will look. A destination, a wellness destination is something where we are all concentrating to ensure that we have uh, at our immediate uh, availability uh, different service standards, but it's also meant to create community. We all want to communicate and very often in many cities, we don't really have communication and we really don't know anymore who our neighbors are. Wellness communities are created in the way how they're designed. For example, they all have a front porch because on the front porch, you sit in the morning, have your coffee, read your newspaper and meet your neighbors. It is not a closed environment where you are living in your own little silo, but it's a community where you engage and interact, participate in workshops, and then, of course, have the farm-to-table uh, facilities in which you um, can eat healthy food. And in, in this case, in Glen Ivy, there is 1,400 hectare of land of community park right behind and directly adjacent to our project. We're going to expand Glen Ivy in order to develop more dedicated facilities in order to ensure that we are ready for the search of wellness communities. And therefore, there will be a wide variety of additional facilities being added in order to create this live, living wellness finish community. Important in such a community is that the entire master plan, the entire landscape, is created with the consideration not only of elite gold or elite platinum or um, the, the well-living standards, but you really have to inculcate a wide variety of measures to ensure that the community is really as healthy and as green as it ought to be. Ideally, it's carbon neutral. Um, most countries around the world uh, 
uh, are part of the Paris Accord and they intend uh, to make the world carbon neutral somewhere between 2035 and uh, 2050. And I hope uh, that's uh, fast enough in order to ensure that the world doesn't heat up more, creates more fires and creates more, uh, uh, you know, uh, needs for water and, and, and so forth. In building design, it is very um, important what kind of materials you use and that you don't erase always the historic old. And on the far right, you can see the entrance of the original Glen Ivy. This is the door from 1860 and we will not remove it. We're always gonna have people walking through those doors. In terms of energy, um, we want to go carbon neutral there as well. And there's a wide variety of services available today. And there's a wide variety of technologies available to really ensure that we are creating environments which are truly and authentic, uh, friendly to our health. Now, what are the benefits of uh, living well? The benefits are very obvious. Having direct access to clean water, to an environment where we look into green spaces is very good for our soul. Eating the right food, the food is our, uh, sorry, the body is our temple. So what we put into our temple is what our body has in order to use this energy generated from the food uh, to make us walk, make us think, and uh, make us uh, being good citizens. Um, in a green environment, in an environment where sports and meditation, bathing, good food and good conversation is there, mental anxieties and mental stress is also substantially reduced. And therefore being in an environment where the spirituality, I don't talk about religion, I talk about spirituality, uh, being uh, aligned with the larger world is center stage is very, very important. Um, we are all people who are not meant to sit uh, 15 hours a day in front of our computer or on, on tables. Um, therefore, it is very, very important that those wellness communities have a wide variety of fitness uh, routines available and facilities available because our body is meant to hunt. Our body is meant to walk around. So uh, we need to take this very serious and make sure that um, real wellness can only be established when the body has the amount of exercise and the amount of walking and, and, and facilitating uh, physical exercises as needed. Now, I like to share you in closing um, another project, which is very, very different. And nobody expects a project like this to exist in the Middle East. This is um, a case study from Amala. Amala is a $16 billion dedicated wellness community of 63 square kilometers. And this is facilitated and built by the Saudi Arabian Sovereign Fund in uh, Saudi Arabia, close to uh, between Israel and Egypt, kind of, if you, if you look on the map. So while we are not familiar with, South America, uh, with, uh, so, uh, with Saudi Arabia, I can share with you that the country, I'm sitting on the board of, of this organization, uh, that, the, um, that, the, that the, um, the country is very much very sincere and has really assembled some of the most senior hoteliers around the world to help them creating this. For example, on this board are the Ritz-Carlton founder, the Amman Resort founder, Barry Sternlich from Starwood Capital is there, um, Arne Sorensen from Merit is there, and many other very senior hoteliers are part of this uh, very huge giga project uh, being created right now on the Red Sea. The, um, 
the Red Sea project will have literally a carbon neutral environment. Uh, they are creating presently and is under construction the biggest solar energy farm so that all 63 square kilometer. So this is approximately the distance from Glen Ivy to Los Angeles. Or if you drive on a highway in California, it's approximately one and a half to one hour, 45 minutes drive. You have a dedicated facility, which is totally carbon neutral, where the entire food is being created on site and where you have three dedicated wellness resorts, a wellness research institute, a wellness trail. You will have disaster-proof architecture in order to ensure that no natural disaster can interrupt this. You will have uh, driverless cars there. Um, you have lots of touch, uh, there's interfaces there. Um, and you have everywhere air-conditioned systems uh, which are fed by solar energy, but in addition to that, actually have purified air inside, and all the water is alkaline-based water. Here you can see an example of the Amala Marine Life Institute. Even the Marine Life Institute is designed in biophilic design, meaning taking Mother Nature inside, and you can see this looks like uh, the corals underwater. So the entire project, designed by a Pritzker Prize-winning architect, Jean Noël, um, is created in, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a look and feel commensurate with what it is, which means understanding and being closer and getting more about the marine life on the ground. Uh, the takeaway from AMLA is, it is not like what I've earlier propagated, that there is more and more uh, affordable and accessible wellness communities being constructed. This is certainly the fact. AMLA is not for this community. It is a high-end luxury environment. But what, what is the significant and the important part here is that a state put $16 billion of its own money into the ground to create an environment which is totally pure, which is carbon neutral, where it employs approximately 15,000 people, where every food is organically harvested, where the entire nature is still there, um, and where sports and fitness, mental balancing, prevention um, is all the centerpiece of the entire community. And this is fully state-funded. Now, 16 billion, to just put this into a perspective, the biggest private project in North America ever financed was City Center in Las Vegas. City Centers is approximately 5,000 guest rooms uh, right in the city of um, in Las Vegas on uh, five different towers. This was four and a half billion dollars. So you can imagine what 16 billion really can do. And I have to applaud a government which is often criticized and rightfully criticized um, what it does uh, for, the, for, the, for, the, for the health and the well-being of its um, uh, citizens. Now, in conclusion of this presentation, um, uh, what are the key takeaways? Wellness and real estate are merging faster and will grow even faster and merging into one. People want to live in healthy environments and have access to all kinds of sport and recreational facility. There's clearly a new consciousness around the personal wellness, the immunity, and the fitness, which we all have to participate in, which we all have to contribute to, which we all have to take in, which we all have to make part of our lives in order to fight pandemics and being strong against the the uh, the illnesses around the world. And there's more and more 
uh, spending being done in the uh, global wellness industry is right now 5% of global GDP. And when I did my first wellness resort, which was Ananda in the Himalayas in 1998, it was a total of 5 billion. Now it's 4.5 trillion. So it has grown dramatically in the last 20 plus years and it will continue to rise. Wellness will move from luxury um, like Amra to be more and more accessible and moderate. And you considering an education, you being in the middle of educating yourself in this field, do very well for, you, uh, for yourself because quite frankly, uh, the wellness business, the wellness industry has emerged dramatically strong and will prosper and do well for many years to come. Thank you very much. Happy to answer any questions you have and um, to uh, help you um, getting where you would like to go. Thank you so much. Thank you, Ingo. That was a really interesting presentation and uh, great to see that the future is indeed bright for the wellness industry. Um, it's been a very challenging year, of course. Do you have any insights that you would like to share into the future for our region specifically of Mexico, the Caribbean and Latin America? Well, I, I know that um, um, a, a trend is always going global. Wellness spending is not something which is right now only happening in Saudi Arabia, North America, in Asia or in Europe. It will, it will go everywhere. And we have our first discussions for wellness communities, for example, in uh, Guatemala. We have another discussion which we are participating in in Costa Rica as well as in Brazil. So I have now already in this very short span of nine months where the pandemic uh, has all forced us to not to travel so much, gotten inquiries of developers who will want to develop entire wellness communities. Therefore, Latin America will grow and prosper in wellness communities as much as any other part of the world. Fantastic. Yes, I definitely see the opportunity there for wellness um, communities, which is fantastic for our region of the world, especially because of our proximity in Mexico, Latin America, Caribbean to North America, where people will, want, will mainly travel from to our regions. Um, do you have any advice for specifically the part of the industry that is, in fact, the resorts, the resorts and spas in the region that are not branded as wellness communities at all, that are potentially struggling at the moment because of the situation and any advice on what direction they should take? Well, I mean, people will always buy what is true, what is sincere and what is authentic. One of the problems, um, and we should look at what are the things we want to avoid. We want to avoid that we create and sell services and service platforms and environments which are not authentic to the cause of meaning prevention, longevity, detoxification, cleanliness, bigger fitness. Therefore, whatever you do in your wellness space, you need to make sure that you are real to the subject matter. Because people will always come back for an authentic and real service. If there's something which is, um, uh, I always like to take the example of a mango wrap. A mango wrap does nothing to you, but it's a cute little uh, experience, right? But an authentic meditation class, an authentic fitness class, a real organic food uh, preparation, 
will do the right thing. So I think it is important that whatever we do, we do this authentically, we do this real to the cause, we are sincere in our delivery, and I believe that was what everybody will buy. Fantastic. I liked the point that you made about um, the that wellness is now going to be more democratized and available at not just the luxury end of the market, but also at two, three, four star properties. Do you have any advice for any properties at that level, at that price point of how they can just start making changes in the direction of offering more wellness to their potential clients? Tara is the same. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't like necessarily to always go to five-star hotels, quite frankly. I feel sometimes they're intimidating, sometimes they're too fancy for me. And I just want to simply chill, uh, work out, take a yoga class. And therefore, it's the same advice that I've earlier given. Do it right. Be sincere. Uh, it is not the amount of gold you have on your ceiling or the marble you have on your floor. Uh, people buy services. And if you really look at the, at the leading wellness resort, you look at Rancho La Puerto, if you look at Kenyan Range, you look at Maraba, they're not five-star luxury projects. They are from a pure room product and from a pure interior and building product, actually four-star properties. Therefore, uh, it is an oxymoron to believe that only luxury really sells. That is not true. The vast majority of the population cannot afford luxury and should not be able to afford luxury. It should be available for everybody. And therefore, um, uh, I think it is very, very important that we are creating environment at a cost model um, which is uh, available and accessible for everybody. It starts with the land you buy. It starts with the product you build on the land. And it's really not to have the latest gadgets. It's what you deliver is authentic and real and helps the person to feel better, healthier, and, and, and be strong. That is really what it's all about. It's, it's simple. Definitely uh, the simple pleasures of life. I really enjoyed your point about uh, Glen Ivy Hot Springs and the guests or residents that stay there can actually walk into the orchard and pick an orange or an avocado straight from the from the tree from the plant that would be my absolute dream i would absolutely stay somewhere where i can pick an avocado and eat it directly <laughs> i mean right now we have literally in our in our leasing contracts as written down if sarah leases a house there she can go into the fields and pick the apples and the oranges and the avocados and take them home we we write this in our contracts and many times when then people lease home they say are you for real yes we are <laughs> What we don't want is that you come with your truck and you start harvesting and sell it in front of the resort. But we, till now, we never had that issue. We are sincere to our clients. We bought the land with those beautiful organic trees and, 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 and plants there. And we want that everybody can participate in them. For example, in Glen Ivy, when there is a big line in the summertime to come in, we have freshly squeezed oranges, which we give to everybody who has to wait in line. So we give them from our own organic farms a bit of orange juice, a bit of orange slices, in order to make sure they don't like to wait. They get some little snack, a little drink in order to feel good. I mean, you can do those little small gestures, which really then make people happy and are really simple to organize. Perfect. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, the experience as a child when we all used to go strawberry picking. And our mission as children was to eat as many strawberries as we could while we were picking 
the ones that we would buy. <laughs> and right. the farm knew that, of course, every family going with children, they know, but that's part of the experience that you go for. <laughs> we actually invited school classes uh, to pick and, and, and learn what it means to you know, uh, have organic farms and pick organic products. And we encourage the kids to just dive in and eat it and, you know, and, and be themselves. And kids love to play with food. Kids like to be exposed. And kids need to learn, um, you know, that tomatoes don't grow under the ground uh, and things like this. Because today, many people just go buying food in a, in, a, in, a, in a store and they don't understand anymore how they're really grown. So I think that's a very good exercise. That's correct. Yes, we have a question come in that's come in from Facebook um, just this second. Uh, and this is from someone who is a creator of successful massages in the Caribbean. And what can they do to, to be more noticed for their work and for their profession? Well, um, market your specialities, market what makes you good and different. Uh, communicate this to a wider audience, uh, but also don't look, um, you know, across countries. Look really in your immediate neighborhood. There will be many people who will demand and require your kind of services. So make sure that you reach them. There's various forms of reaching people. There is the entire social media channels. Then there is the engagement in social communities. Uh, there is uh, the engagement of education. Uh, go to your schools, go to your neighborhoods, talk about it, give lectures and share with them what you know so that they can see and understand of what you can provide. And then you will see how this will mushroom. You don't need large marketing organizations to market your respective services. Really, sometimes looking uh, very close to where we are and where we live um, can do the trick uh, in order to ensure that your services are appreciated and recognized and uh, bought. Excellent. Thank you so much for sharing uh, your thoughts with us, Inga. This was a really interesting presentation. And uh, although we're getting towards the end of the evening here in Mexico and Latin America and Caribbean, um, I'm sure people will enjoy catching up on this over the coming days when they're able to, to view the video um, that will be here on Facebook. Um, so we're going to sign off from Facebook Live in just a moment. Thanks, everybody, for watching and for joining. Thank you, Ingo. Thank you, Kezia. If you have any last um, remarks to add at all, Kezia? Um, no, I'm just, again, thank you so much for letting me be a part of this. I hope everybody enjoyed the presentation about the UCI DCE Spine Wellness Management Program, and I hope you all thinking of enrolling in our uh, courses. Thank you. It's definitely a prosperous industry to enter right now with wellness being at the forefront of everyone's mind. Thank you okay. so much, Ingo.